You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. Join us as we focus the spotlight back on the theater maker to uncover their process. We speak with folks in the industry that often aren't heard from. Such as stage managers, producers, crew members, marketing professionals. And everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Brett Shuford. I'm a Broadway actor, the Broadway life coach, and one half of the Broadway Husbands. And uh, I'm currently, <laughs> currently in the Broadway cast of Wicked. Um, but I also have passionately help other creatives build a life and career that they love. Welcome. I'm so happy. It's so nice to see you, first of all, like on this little screen. <laughs> uh, I've been like, I mean, of course, I've been we've been following along on Instagram and you're and you're in your podcast on your journey from New York to Pittsburgh to Texas. But it's nice to to see you. I know. I just I, I've I've been dying to connect with both of you. So I feel very honored to be here. Thank you. Oh, well, I'd like to start at the at your Broadway debut back in 2005 in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So by now you've been working on Broadway for the past 15 years. So at what point in your career as a performer did you begin Broadway Life Coach? It was during Little Mermaid. So Chitty was my first Broadway show. And I remember that one of the most impactful moments for me during Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was we were in rehearsals and... I was so green. It was my first Broadway show. It was like dream come true. And I was noticing 
the director and the choreographer uh, was Jillian Lynn, famous, you know, cats. Working with her was legendary. They didn't really talk to each other. And I was noticing, like, there was just some interesting things happening in the space. And it, and it kind of dawned on me in this moment that, like, oh, I always thought, like, the Tony Awards, Broadway, and I'm, I swear, even at this age, I think I was 25 at the time, or maybe 24, I still thought, wow, Tony Awards go to the most talented people, the the best of the best. And it, I mean, it definitely goes to talented people, but there's so much more to it about the, the politics and the business and what sells tickets and understanding the inside of the industry. I, no one taught me. And I don't know that even if they did teach it to me that I was able to receive it until that moment. And it was something about it that was like, oh, this is a business. Like it just kind of hit me. Show business. And, yeah. I was like, oh, well, how do I reconcile this thing, this dream inside of me that always saw this, you know, this dream of being on Broadway and what that was going to, to do with this idea that it's it's an industry and a business and how do I still be creative and still and bridge what I say now is like bridging the gap between craft and commerce, which is really what Broadway is. And there was just, um, that was one moment. And then it was another moment during Little Mermaid. I was backstage, I was dressed as a seahorse and I was standing next to um, Merwin Ford, rest his soul. And he was dressed as a blowfish. And we were having one of those just Saturday matinee days, just not really feeling it. We're about to go do Under the Sea where you just got to put it on. And I was like, is this where you thought your career would be? And he said to me, this isn't a career, it's a job. And something about that hit me really hard too. It was like, oh, and this is a guy with 16 Broadway shows under his resume at that, at that point. And I was like, oh, what is that? Like, what is that? How do I shift that? And how can I help other people shift that so that there's no disappointment or frustration and that we all enter this industry in a place where we're already fulfilled and that the that this does become a job, a fulfilling job, or or you find something else or you find a way to make it fulfilling um, if it doesn't feel that way. And so I got my certification as a life coach and I've been been doing that ever since. So was he in that moment, was he saying like, so it's not a career, it's a job. I'm trying to like process that. How like, did you he... process that in the yeah. moment? I'll tell you what my thought process was. I was like, oh yeah, I can just do my job, right? Stop trying to make this anything more than what it is. Just do your job, go out there, make people feel good, sing the song and go home. It doesn't have to be any deeper than that. And then the second pro thought process was, wow, if I just wanted a job, I could work at Starbucks. Like, so it, why am I doing this? Let me get really real about why I'm choosing this as the, my source of income. And let me make a strong decision about if that is really what I want to do. Because I could, if I just want to make money, like I'll go work at Starbucks. I love coffee. Like, why am I <laughs> um, doing eight shows a week plus understudy rehearsals and hustling and living in a small apartment? And like, it really made me question so much of that. And I think, um, and I think that 
that's a good thing because I think so many actors, and this is what I, I run into a lot, feel um, that they have to be grateful, that they have to, there's a scarcity mindset that we adopt, that society teaches us, that we come into this industry already bought into, that we perpetuate within it. And so you get a job and no matter how you're treated or no matter how enjoyable it is, you're like, I have to take, I have to stay here. I am supposed to be grateful. I'm supposed to be happy. And it's like, no, no, if I, I can work at Starbucks, I can leave this job. Like, I don't need to do this if I don't, if I don't want to. And that gave me so much more strength and empowerment to decide every day why I show up to that, to do that show. So I would imagine back then, when was Little Mermaid? Like 2008, why, nine? What are you trying to do? Age I'm, here? I'm, I'm just, just putting, okay, so I'm, this, this will make sense. I'm putting this in context of reaching people and communications with the internet. Because I would assume that, you know, starting a business back then, especially one where it's, you know, you're trying to work with people's schedules and and really meet with them, which is now something that's so much easier. So how did you even begin back then? Most of it's always been word of mouth, email. I've always been a people person. And even before MailChimp existed, I used to keep lists of emails of everyone I worked with. And I would email them once a year. And MailChimp just made it a lot easier to do that. And it made it a lot easier for people to unsubscribe too. But <laughs> but I stayed in touch with people. I love people. That's I think that's one of the reasons why I love coaching is I just, I want to stay connected to people. And so when I started, it was mostly that. You did telephone webinars. Like you didn't do it a visual webinar. Like we would do, you know, things over the phone, uh, which feels so dated now to think about. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's almost like an early podcast, almost, but like just very yeah. exclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I've mostly only worked, always worked privately, one on one with people, and even then, we would meet. I would meet people in person which then ended up being like silly because it was an expense. And then I started meeting people on zoom. And then now that's the only way we meet people. So, right. So what did you feel? Because that was your second Broadway, second Broadway show. Little mermaid was my third. Okay. So it was at least like early on in your career, at least, how did you feel like you had something to say? How did you find that sort of confidence for people to take you seriously? It's a good question. Um, I think mostly, you know, for me, I personally, I had gotten sober. I had dealt with um, some addiction. I also think coming out of the closet, that process for me was a very emotional um, and and still, you know, it's something you still work on. Um, I'd done a lot of work on myself through getting sober, through therapy. I didn't just go to Michigan and, you know, not, not to say like you go to Michigan, you, you work, but like I, I, I had to hustle to, to get to where I was. I didn't have a lot of connections. I grew up in small town, Texas with parents who, who weren't in the industry. And, um, and I felt like all of that really taught some, I, I had to get innovative and I had to learn to be genuine. And, and I thought, wow, how can I, how can I help other people do the same thing? Cause I just see so many actors um, struggling to figure 
to figure out how to connect who they are with what they do. I hear it all the time. And also I know from experience that like people, producers, directors, creative team, they hire actors, not just based on talent, but based on if they want to be, if they can and want to be in the room with you for six months to six years, however long it takes. And I think that you said two things. You said being, you don't know how to be genuine and you also learn how to be innovative and i think those are two key skills that like apply obviously to actors but i think it applies to everybody in the industry i mean that's just how you that's just how you network that's how you get through it's how you get by i think that's very powerful and, and that you were able to kind of pick up on that so early on in your career was magical because <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, well, it's a hard thing to learn right it's a hard, you know, it's not always that like you pick it up so fast or you pick it up in one conversation yeah well, I- you can't. I mean, it takes it takes practice and it takes time. But for me, you know, the thing that dawned on me, like I had struggled with addiction before I I I got sober before I booked my first Broadway show, and I and the things I learned from that, for me, not saying you have to get you have to go through drug and alcohol addiction to be successful, but the things that I learned about that was once I got real, once I got honest about myself and the things, the dark sides of me that I was afraid to show because I wanted everyone to think that I was perfect and I wanted everyone to think that I had it together. Once I was actually willing to face those things and talk about it was when I booked my first Broadway show, right? So that to me was, is the key. It's like, be on, like, just be willing to let others see you, all of you, not just the parts that you want them to see, but all of you. And that's the people I see that are successful in this industry. So I think that that's really interesting that you have that sort of reflection of yourself or have had the experience of the reflection of yourself so that when you're working with clients, I'm wondering, are you trying to break down any of those walls in themselves? Or would you say that that's more like therapy? not life coaching. Yeah. So I always say the big difference between therapy and life coaching is therapies when you're looking at the past and you're dealing with the things that are getting from your past that are getting in the way coaching, we really try to get you present so that we can move you forward. And so sometimes old stuff comes up and depending on, and I say it out loud, like I'm not a therapist. So if when something comes up, I can very easily say that's work to do with someone else. But what we can do is sit down and go, okay, you have a habit of doing this thing. Is that work that you need to do with a therapist? Or is that just something that that you're using as an excuse to keep you from moving forward? Is there something that separates like a, a regular life coach from like a Broadway life coach? I, I mean, I, I imagine, especially now you're probably like very busy or you have a lot of like deep conversations with the, with your clients and just people in general because of our climate, but I'm curious as to like, what, is there anything specific that like, that you're truly, that you find is like a recurring theme among, like among clients that you're chatting with, or if there, is there something that you really try to focus on as a Broadway life coach? I meet people where they are. So I have people who aren't just actors. I, I work with people outside of the industry, but I think that, I think the thing, the recurring theme right now is a lot of imposter syndrome happening right now because a lot of people are having to pivot. So they're just going, okay, now I've always thought I should be a photographer, but I've only been known as an actor. How do I shift? How do I own that and not lose this identity? Or how do I 
be okay with losing this identity. I mean, that's something that, you know, we always have to kind of process too. That that's a, that's a trend right now, imposter syndrome, but I think that's always there for so many of us. I'm sure with your podcast and everything you do as well, you probably are like, before you push send going, oh my God, I'm going to send this podcast out. Oh my God. So, you know, helping people get really clear on separating the thoughts from who they are and being clear on the thing that I love to do is help people get really clear on who they serve. Who do you serve? Who's your audience? When you're making a post on Instagram, there's somebody out there who needs to hear from you. And every day that you're not posting, they're not getting that message. How specific do you get with your audience? Like, or when you're talking about this, like how is it, is it meant to be more of like a a wider concept or are you meant to like pick out that 13 year old or you know that 25 year old or whatever it is i say the more specific the better it's so much easier to talk to one person and it's so much easier to serve that one person and usually that one person is you like five years ago (laughs) 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 that feels very deep i'm not gonna lie yeah that that was good Oh, man. That's a quote we're pulling for this uh, promo. <laughs> like my my mid twenties is shaking right now. <laughs> okay, so once you do find, <laughs> we'll pay you after this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so once you do find a client, how do you figure out what kind of an approach you're going to take with that client? I'm sure you factor in things like uh, their personality goals and their achievements that they've already had in their career. So where do you, where do you begin? I let them lead the way, right? I'm not the expert of your life. You are the expert of your life. I'm here to help you find the answers you already have within you. So you come to me, you tell me, we, we look at the things that you want. You, we, we look at the things that are getting in the way. We look at the things that are working and we figure out a plan to get you to the next level. And we do that together. I don't, I, I'm not the leader. You're the leader. I just help you find the, find the answers. So Hmm. I wanted to, to take a step back from Broadway life coach and life coaching and look at you're an entrepreneur, like you've started this business and you've started a few brands and businesses over the years too. So what was starting a business, something that you saw yourself doing when you first started out in the industry? Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. Did you see yourself as an actor as a business? No. And do you now? Not, no. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think the business is it's, it's a weird thing, right? And this is what I constantly am trying to help actors understand. They're const- people are constantly getting bombarded with information, especially early on, from business coaches. And, and they're talking about you know, how to build a brand. You are a brand. And to me, that the problem I have with that is that separates us from, from who we are. And the difference between us and Coca-Cola is that we are the, that we are the person. We are the product. And the more we can bridge those two things, the credit, what I call credibility and the vulnerability, the better. And so I don't necessarily think of my acting as a business as I think of myself as an entrepreneur. I don't know if that makes any sense. Wow. No, it does. No, it definitely does. Because it's something that 
there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of like similarities, I guess. Like almost like you're like what you kind of were to say, like you're riding that fine line of like, you don't want to lose yourself, but you also are like building a presence within the industry. And I imagine for a lot of people who are starting out, whether you're an actor, a director, a writer, I would say it doesn't matter. There's a lot of having to navigate those waters to make sure you're not straying too far from who you really are. Right. Because I, you know, the thing I say, the easiest way to break this down is that actors go to auditions and they think that it's a means to book a job. If an audition is just a means to book a job, then every time you don't get that job, you're just left feeling unsuccessful. You didn't accomplish that thing. Right. And if we only measure our success at the other side of booking a job, then no one is a working actor right now, right? Like even Audra McDonald is not working, <laughs> right? So like we can't, like, that, but that doesn't make her any less successful. I say success lies in the actions you take, not the results you make. And if every day you're taking action towards the person you want to be, you're successful. That's the way we have to define it for, for us as creatives because we, we can't control if we get the job, if we, if we, we can't control that, but we can control if we show up today, prepare, if we show up today and, and do better than we did last time. And ultimately I say an audition is about building relationships. When you show up at an audition, you start a relationship and then you want to nurture those relationships over time because this whole business is built on relationships. So actually that really ties into something I found on your website. So. <laughs> So in one, you have a few courses on, on your website um, and one of them about schmoozing, which that word always cracks me up. So I immediately was drawn to that word. But you say that like one of the number one questions that you normally get is how do you talk to people so easily? And so what what is your answer? Is it, is it, is it tying back to, you know, you being genuine, but also like your willingness to be so innovative in a time that requires, you know, it, 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 it be, to be innovative? I think it comes back to genuinely being of service. Some, so many times we will come into an interaction with somebody who is a casting director or somebody on the other end of a table, somebody who, who has something we want and that's all we're thinking about. And we're just thinking, Oh my God, they had this thing. And if I can impress them right now, they'll give it to me. And then if they don't give it to me, I failed. And, and I think the number one, question should be, how can I help that person today? How can I be of service to this person right now? And that may be that I'm not the right person for this. That may be that I know somebody else that's the right person for this. I could be a connector. I could genuinely be curious and connect with them about it as a human being. And I think that's where um, so many of us forget to connect as a human being. This kind of leads us into networking so is networking different for you as an actor versus a an entrepreneur and for your business that's a really good question um yeah i i don't know that i don't know the answer to that i don't know that it is different even the circles of people are you chasing the same kind of circles to get your name out there and your business no i mean i'm uh, it's interesting I, I will say I do have a hard time promoting my business because I'm so used to allowing my work 
to just kind of do it for itself. And the difference between, you know, being an actor and wanting to just do, do good work and entertain, right? So when you entertain, that's the product. Like, I want people to feel good. I want them to laugh. I want them to cry, whatever that is. But here it's like, I want you to be invest in my services. How do I change that dynamic? And so I, I, I'm always a person of, I believe in attraction rather than promotion. But when you start to run into an entrepreneur world, you do have to start to promote. You have to promote a little bit more um, and be willing to say like, I'm charging for this, right? I'm, I'm offering this as a service that you invest in. And by investing in yourself, you're investing in me, you're investing in yourself. It's almost like that fine line of like, you pay for a gym membership or a personal trainer because you want to, you know, you want to work on your body, your physical health, which also then translates to helping your mental health. Just like, I, I personally believe that you do the same thing with a therapist for for your mental health too. So I feel like hiring or working with a professional to help you accomplish X is really to help maintain why you know what i mean which could be your actual why in life um mm-hmm. but i but i hear <laughs> i did not i did not plan that <laughs> but but i hear you on like promote like self promotion within a business is is like is weird <laughs> it is weird and i'm not even like an actual business owner but i freelance and so i i like ride that weird line of like how much promotion should i be doing could I be doing <laughs> at what point did you or are do you consider yourself more of a freelance artist or are you LLC? We are uh, incorporated, but we incorporated not too long ago. And what's incorporated? You and Steven for Broadway Husbands? Yeah. All of and it. Then so we Broadway Husbands. You, I was Broadway gonna say Life. you put it all under like a, yeah, an umbrella. All under the same company. Okay. What what point did you feel like that was necessary to go in that direction? Or did your accountant just be like, it's time? No, actually, <laughs> I went to my accountant and said, we're doing this. This is, I want this to be a legitimate business. And unless I actually make it one, I don't know that I'll believe that it can be one. Hmm. Hmm. What have you seen are the differences either in your, in that sort of attitude within yourself and then also just the logistics of the business? It's scarier. You know, because I feel like there's a higher, um, I have to hit hit a higher price point because of taxes or whatever. So it's a little bit scarier. But when I succeed, like like when I hit a goal of getting a certain amount of clients or when Steven and I get a partnership through, you know, a sponsored post or something like that, it feels so good to be like, here's an invoice from my company, you know, as opposed (laughs) to like, you can Venmo me. Oh, yeah. So that it kind of in, in like in turn, it almost like it just gives it's like a boost of self-confidence too within like with within your core of like who you are with, which then translates up to your business. Totally. Maybe it makes people take you a little more seriously too. I think so. Uh, that's interesting. I think it just feels more legit. Huh. Like from like the freelancer look to, oh, that's interesting. See, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of that though. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's just me. <laughs> but like. I mean, but as a freelancer, you can have an LLC or do a DBA or something like that and still operate as a business. But I think that when you make that decision, you enter a new realm. You enter a new level of ownership within that. 
And you're also like making a like a bigger commitment, I think, jumping up to to officially making your business official, incorporated as, as your example is, is is a really big commitment yeah. to yourself, to to your clients, you know, to to the brand of it all. Speaking That's of brand, I was wondering yeah. if we could switch over to another one of your brands, Broadway <laughs> Life Apparel. They're fun designs. I mean, they're so... Wait, it took me a couple of seconds to really get the uh, the put on your Sunday clothes one. Because I, I was like, wait, where is Sunday? Where is the word Sunday? Oh, Brian. <laughs> it was ice cream. I'm like, what? And then I got it. Oh, Brian. An ice cream Sunday. Everybody go... If you want to see a visual reference for what I'm referring to, you must go visit Broadway Life Apparel on the internet. <laughs> thank you um, thank you for the plug of yeah. course um but so i'm wondering how'd you decide to start an apparel business and do you create the own the artwork yourself or do you guys have a designer that you guys work with i was backstage at paramore i am a huge disney nerd and there's all these like instagram apparel shirt like graphic designer sites for Disney fans. And I was like, no one's doing this for Broadway. And I want some like witty, cheesy, fun Broadway themed stuff. And I was literally on stage at Paramore and I was like, put on your ice cream Sunday clothes. And I like went downstairs and drew it out in my dressing room. And then I started thinking about other things like finishing the baseball hat. Um, you know, I started thinking about these different ideas. I thought that's really fun. What if I actually just experiment and see how this goes and it took off and it's been such a fun creative outlet and I get so many great remarks and I, and I think it's really fun because it's coming from Broadway people. It's like people who work in the industry, who love the industry. It's not just like a fan site. Like we, we're, we're there and like we, and, and I think that it, it's different than I than a lot of the stuff that I've seen. Are you guys constantly? Because does Stephen work on this with you too? Oh yeah, I didn't answer that other question. Um, yeah, well, no, Stephen doesn't really. I mean, he does, but he doesn't. Like, I'm definitely. If you haven't noticed by listening to our podcast or anything, I'm definitely the A type in the relationship. But he's such a fun. Like, he's so fun and playful that he just goes with it and and has a great time, and he's very much as a dancer, like everything for him, he is kinesthetic. So when he experiences it physically is when he's like, Oh, this is cool. So like, once I do something, if I have, I, I have an idea and I'm like, this could be really fun. And then I'll do it. And he's like, Oh, and then he's on board. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he does come up with like, like he came up, we're coming out with a new mask this weekend, actually because we don't sell any masks right now. So we're coming out with a mask and it was his idea. And it says sing out Louise, which I think is pretty funny. I love that. (laughs) But the graphics, I have always drawn hand drawn them and then sent them to a graphic uh, artist. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Where do you get the inspiration from? Is it really from being in shows with other people in the industry, like, like living that life or is it like things like just like random thoughts while you're on stage or backstage? All of the above. <laughs> what are the, like the legal responsibilities you have to have for something like this? Are there any, you know, anything's attached to the, you know, like branding on the apparel? 
Yeah, I mean, you you got to do your research. You got to make sure you're not doing anything that's copywritten. Um, and so, quite often, well, lyric wise, if it's less than ten words, you're okay. There's certain like things that you learn. Um, if you know you can't copy the exact um, logo, but like, and you can't use the same fonts, but if the font has, it's interesting rules around copywriting, but if the font has some alteration to it, or if you've got something obstructing it, then it can be seen as a parody. So then that sort of releases it from being, um, being in, in any trouble. I always thought about that for like any sort of like fan made stuff, um, that people are profiting off of. Yeah. That's interesting. Can we can we uh, switch a little bit to Broadway husbands? Let's do it. Okay, so you and your husband Stephen, you have an, did the Instagram account come first before anything else? Yeah, I know the podcast is definitely more recent, but for anyone obviously that's not or anyone, well, hold on. If anyone who's listening right now has never seen your Instagram account, Broadway Husbands, I'm linking it in the description notes here. Please go check it out. Um, the content has always been very like lighthearted and like very fun, but I would say even more so now that we're shut down for X amount of months. Um, I feel I personally have felt like the content has become like very inspirational, motivational. I mean, you guys went from the very beginning of quarantine. I remember all of, like the fun dance videos you guys were doing around the city. <laughs> but was what was the inspiration or the thought process when you guys first started Broadway Husbands? It actually originally started on my YouTube channel because I was making YouTube videos during Paramore. I would do like behind the scenes stuff at Paramore blogging. And one of the things we did was I called it Broadway Husbands was me and Steven and we would talk about whatever. And then I noticed that that always got more engagement than anything else I made probably because he's gorgeous, but mostly I think because it was like us as a couple, like a gay couple. And, um, and so I was like, what if we create like a separate channel for this and just see what happens or a separate Instagram account for this. And so I created that separate Instagram account and it just took off. And, um, and so the original inspiration was, you know, Steven and I have never done a show together. He's primarily a ballet dancer. I'm primarily an actor singer. And, you know, we've never gotten to actually create together. And I thought, well, I'm creating all this content and I like creating content. We could do this together and it would be a great way for us to, to connect and also like show the, you know, like I said, five years ago, show our, the, the younger versions of ourselves that never saw a gay couple successfully navigating a life in the arts you know, just create some visibility for that. And mm-hmm. so that was the real inspiration behind it. And it's just been, it's just, it's really fun. <laughs> I mean, it definitely looks it too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Was this the last piece of your puzzle? Uh, when I say puzzle, I mean like all the different brands you have, or when did this one come about? It, yeah. I mean, we met in 2000 during Little Mermaid, 2007. We married in 2011. And there was never any idea of like building a brand or doing anything together. It was just like, you're going to be a ballet dancer and I'll work on Broadway. And then he got Broadway. I was like, okay, I guess we'll both do Broadway. And then, um, and then now we're like full-time podcasters and and bloggers and thank God we had it. It's been such a great way to, to fill the time during this pandemic. And, and we get, messages i swear we get a message every day somebody that just says you made me happy today you brought me joy today 
you gave me something to to smile about and i'm getting emotional and that is like that's all i care about that's huge though because again going back to tying back to what you said at the beginning of this of, of this conversation of being genuine like you didn't set out to accomplish anything specific other than to just put out content that you both were passionate about and that you both wanted to to share. And also the, the idea that representation matters. I mean, point blank, period, like whatever you want to say. And I think that, that that's what speaks so highly of what you guys are doing. And it's nothing like, it's nothing like not brain surgery, you know, it's, it's you know, you're creating some TikTok dances or you're having conversations on the podcast, which are, which seem like I said, very simple, but it definitely, I think the, I think the more from my experience, when things seem simpler, I think that reaches the like more people. Well, back to Brian's question, you know, the good and the bad is that I'm very impulsive. And when I have an idea, I just like go with it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm willing to fail. And sometimes I fail and I just pick, get back up and keep going. And that is something that I think I constantly am trying to encourage people to do is just, if you have an idea, just try it, just go for it. You don't know what's going to come. And you're the only thing that's going to happen is that you'll learn. You don't fail. You learn. Also with probably husband. So you guys, was it last year you guys launched your podcast? Yeah, last November. Oh, yeah, I actually remember like it was one of our, Brian and I's first time at the Broadway Podcast Network studio. And we were in the hallway waiting to go in. And then you guys were there. And that was the first time I realized you guys were starting a podcast, which was so cool. Um, so you guys obviously chat with other Broadway like power couples, but you also have been t- chatting with each other, like you and Steven, on like very real, real life conversations that are not necessarily Broadway themed or Broadway specific. Um, like the, I was listening to the mental health one a few days ago. Um Obviously, I, I remember when you were posting about your road trip to Texas, and I was like, there's no way. There is no way that they are recording this right now, but you guys did. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, I wish I was, like, in the car with you guys, and, like, <laughs> which I guess I was when I was listening, but just the, just the visual. <laughs> so was, was, was a podcast, like, something that you guys envisioned as you noticed that probably Husbands was kind of taking off as this brand or this entity? Was it something like, were you guys fans of podcasts beforehand? Like, where did that idea kind of stem from? I love, I mean, I love podcasts. I think there's such a great, quick um, way to get information. And um, so, yeah, I was a fan of podcasts, but I didn't think a podcast was possible because of the amount of work that was required to, to do it. Um, there was just no way with acting and coaching and, um, and creating content that I was going to be able to like add editing and creating weekly podcast episodes. And then we were guests on equity one on equity one podcast at the studio. And, um, and we were having a conversation afterwards, uh, with Alan and I said, you know, we have this brand, probably husbands. I don't know if you'd be interested, but, you know, it's a different angle because we're not just talking about, you know, Donna McKechnie and, and her layouts. Like we're talking about like, how do you make it outside of the industry and survive? Because I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of misconceptions about what it is uh, to be in, a performer in the industry. And so... 
he was like game and we were like cool so we so thank god for the probably podcast network are y'all listening hey um <laughs> we love you guys <laughs> they made it possible and we're so grateful for that and it's been a really cool way to like we, we have people we have fans who listen to us all over the world who who say like we give them hope that they can live in a place where they can marry the person that they love you know and uh, you know that that stuff just wouldn't it's just really cool and i think like podcasts offer like the audio medium offers i think way more than i originally thought i mean i was also a fan of podcasts prior to starting this one but i totally underestimated i guess how valuable just having the audio as just like you're just listening that's just how you're picking this up you're not getting overwhelmed or overstimulated by all the visuals that is instagram or youtube um but yeah it's very special mary do you think we should move on to our lightning round yes okay Okay. i'm gonna ask the first question uh, mary loves this question we have to we have to add that in every time we do what is one thing about the theater industry that confuses you god one thing it's one thing there's (laughs) no um I mean, certainly, I think it's confusing that it is a it, it is run like a corporation. People make corporate bucks off of this, but there's not a corporate system that people are held to. Where, like, you know, when you work at Google, when you work at Disney, you have to buy into that company's values, and you have to be trained as a leader to work within that company. And they have certain levels of values that you're being up- upheld to, and Broadway doesn't have that. And I think that's really confusing. Where's the HR department? Exactly. Mary and I, before you popped on, had this slight, like a conversation that was very adjacent to what you're saying right now. So, <laughs> woof. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what are three adjectives that describe your favorite working environment? Integrity, playful, constructive. Is there something about your process that you would find unique to you, whether that's as a performer or entrepreneur? Like I said, I think it goes back to just impulsive. I think it's very playful in that it's like, right, it's happening right in the moment. What is one job in the theater industry that you would trade jobs with for one week? Really would love if I had the talent and the skill set to be a set designer. If you could only see one Broadway musical for the rest of your life, which one would that be? If it's a revival, which revival? Sweeney Todd, the original cast. I love I love that show. Um, what is one hobby you have outside of theater? Does obsessing over Disney history count? Yes. Disney's Disney's the uh, the hobby. <laughs> I watch way too many Disney YouTube videos. Who is your number one ideal theater collaborator? Oh, that's such a good question. I really wish I could have worked with Bob Fosse. What is one destination that is at the top of your bucket list? Bora Bora. And our final question that we ask everybody is, what was the last great piece of theater that you saw? I was in wicked craziness for like four months, so I didn't get to see anything new in the new year. So I think the last thing I saw that I was just so enamored with was um, um, Seawall Alive. I really wanted to see that. (laughs) Mostly for Jake Gyllenhaal, but... Yeah, it was really good. They were both amazing. So where can our listeners find you on the social media and the website and all that good stuff? 
yeah, come check me out at Brett Schuford. It's Brett with one T Schuford um, on that's on all platforms. And then Broadway Husbands, of course, you go to any of those and you'll find directions to everything else. Awesome. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you. It was so nice seeing you. I know. So I owe you an email too, Mary. <laughs> it's okay. I just sent it today. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. And if you're enjoying these conversations, we would really appreciate it if you could take a couple minutes to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.